Welcome to episode seven of The Boost with our guest, Brian Kramer, CEO of H2H Companies and CEO of Pure Matter. Let's go. All right, welcome to The Boost, conversations with people promoting mental health. And I couldn't be happier to be here with Brian Kramer. Brian is a multi-time author of Shareology and also book, There Is No B2B or B2C, It's Human to Human. And we're going to talk about human to human today. He's the CEO of an 11-year-old company, H2H Companies, that does executive coaching and teaching. He works with executives from brands that you've definitely heard of, Kraft Heinz and others. He's a keynote speaker through the through H2H. And then he's also... Uh, been running Pure Matter as a branding and marketing firm and works with Cisco and Netflix and IBM over the years, 24 years as part of that agency. So Brian, it's so cool to have you here. Thanks for being on the show today. How Thank are you doing? You, yeah. man. Steve, it's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. So we talked back, I don't know, earlier this year and maybe January or February, we connected and two things stuck out. One is that it's a small world and we had a connection to a, a SaaS-based email marketing provider called Emma that was working with a lot of creative agencies and marketing firms and a lot of small and mid-sized businesses. And you were uh, like a brand ambassador or a keynote speaker for, for some of their initiatives? Yeah, brand ambassador for for them. And and um, and I think, I think I spoke at one of their events in Nashville, but I it's been so long. Um, but yeah, wow. What a, what a trip to be connected to them. I, they, they go back, I want to say like 15 to 20 years ago, but I could be wrong. Uh, so yeah, it sounds, sounds it, it, when you said that I was like, what a name from the past. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Back when email marketing was, was sexy, it's still powerful, but back then it wasn't quite the commodity it is now. It was just kind of on the scene. Um, and then, and then the other thing that jumped out of our conversation for me was uh, sort of these three pillars that we'll talk about when it comes to brands. And um, we'll, we'll jump into that sort of simplicity and empathy and imperfection. But before we do all that, the way we'll always start is uh, two quick prompts, the virtual hug and the shameless plug. So we'll go one at a time. The virtual hug is tell us something or somebody you're thankful for today. Oh, that's easy. I'm, I am thankful for my wife, Courtney. She's, um, just, she's my whole life. And, you know, if I could, uh, wrap my kids into that, I would, but just since you said one person, I'm going to include her and, uh, and she's just my, my, my heart outside of my body. Um, mm. so that's, that would be that the shameless plug. That's a little bit harder, but I'll do it anyway, since you asked, um, you know, the, we, we are a, 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 a little bit of a schizophrenic, uh, uh, services, uh, business. So we, we do two things. One is we are outsourced CMOs and strategists, creative directors for, uh, companies, not just of Netflix and IBM. We also work with small and when I say small, I mean like 10, 10 million and up, um, companies. So that that's what we do on the pure matter side. And then on the H to H company side, we're a 
business coaching side of we, we, uh, company and, and we love to coach uh, executives, uh, executives and entrepreneurs, CEOs that want to grow without burnout. Uh, they want to continue to succeed and not face a life of work because this life is the life that we have and we want to live a, a full life. And so we're really, uh, really excited about working with people that are um, wanting to grow, wanting to build, wanting to learn, and also at the same time want to live life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I'm sorry, make sure I get the name right. Courtney is your wife. And yeah. I've, I've seen her name. You all work together too, right? Yep. We are co-owners of Pure Matter. Uh, she runs a good majority of it. In fact, uh, she's, she's, she's the heart and soul of Pure Matter as much as she disagree with me when, if I said that, but she's, she is the heart and soul of Pure Matter. And, uh, and so she tends to run a lot of the, she's just brilliant. She's, she, she does a lot for she's a writer she's a creative director she's a um strategist she's she's all that and a mom and a to two and and a dog and a mom to a, our dog jesse so um and she keeps our house running a hundred percent i i try to contribute as best i can but yeah she's she's all that and more wow yeah that's bedrock that's foundational that's awesome and thanks for sharing it so uh you know sort of to kick things off um, from that point, since we're talking this direction and what you're doing with uh, sort of maybe fractional CMO support and, and helping executives live the life that they want to live, because this is life, it's the one we get. Um, one question that jumps out, if you, if you could have the ear, let's say you're in a stadium full of marketing agencies, CEOs, and I ask this because we have a lot of marketing agencies who are so, some of them are in the behavioral health or mental health space. Some are in healthcare generally. And then we have a lot that are sort of industry agnostic um, in our audience. But if you could gather all those leadership into one stadium, what would you want to tell them? Like, what would you need to say, especially around embracing change and evolving going forward? Because you've, you've done this a, a number of times as the world has changed from a traditional agency model to digital marketing. Um, but where are things at today? If you could gather all those people together? You know, it's interesting because you, you, I don't know if you saw in the news, IBM is laying off like something like eight or 9,000 people to try and because they think they can replace people with uh, AI. Um, and this is the thing that, that a lot of agencies are facing right now is what does this all mean for agencies um, creatively? What is creative? Um, are humans hmm. creative or are machines creative? Will they be more creative? Will they replace creativity? Um, and, you know, my, my, my simple answer, because this could be like an entire show, um, but my simple answer is that, that, Technology cannot replace empathy. Um, it just can't, and and it won't for a very long time. I mean, I can't predict, you know, two hundred to five hundred years from now, but it won't. It, it can't produce empathy. Um, mm -hmm. And so, when we uh, what when what that means is that cust you know in customer service, in branding, in um, you know even in the the in HR and people management and everything that we do, the thing in 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 our customers. Um, and the thing that matters the most to us in humanity is empathy. 
Um, uh, you might throw gratitude in there too, but empathy is the emotion. And so if we create more empathy with our customer, with our employee and with ourselves, um, you know, that's where, that's where we find our greatest um, uh, achievement and connection. And so it really is, uh, it doesn't scare me um, as much. It just, it's kind of like when the, when the calculator came out, um, when this calculator came out, it, people were picketing outside of Texas Instruments saying we this is not right you're gonna you're gonna take away you know our humanity um because of a calculator i think the same thing's happening today this is just the new calculator and we're gonna find ways to weave it into our process and how we're going to create differently um we can't always have things the same or it there would never be change and this is that change that's happening and it's happening more rapidly that's what scares us is that it's it's faster than when the calculator happened um so what i would say is to all of that if i wrapped it into one sentence is that being human is your competitive advantage um if you stand out and you're more human than ever you're going to compete at a higher level so take all this technology and figure out how can I show up being more human now more than ever. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So the so there's a fear of change with any technology. It could be the printing press, could be the calculator, which I didn't know about the riots at Texas Instruments with the, with the calculator, or at least the pickets, and. It's the same way AI has come up in almost every conversation and there's always this fear based cloud around it. And, um, my, my cheeky hypothesis is that AI turns into the character data from star Trek and, you know, it's, he's got everything, all the answers, everything except love. And I think gratitude is right behind love and, and empathy. Yeah. Right. Stacked on, on top of gratitude. If we're, sort of talking about values that that separate us as humans. Um, but you also make a great point, and I want to come back to the idea of empathy. And this is related, since we're talking about the tech, is that on Instagram the other day, and you're at Brian Kramer 1, uh, numeral 1, if anybody wants to follow you, you've got 40,000 followers or something. You think that it should be technology and humans working together and the interesting point you made for me was that you said everything we do is about bringing relationships together faster. And I hadn't come to that conclusion. Could you talk a little bit about that idea and and sort of the, the bright side of that idea? And then, um, you know, how do we make that happen in, in the real world? Yeah, uh, think back to the a time uh, not too far ago when Zoom wasn't really a thing. Uh, you know, we had that technology, but it wasn't as prevalent, um, maybe even before that. Most of our lifetimes, we can think of a time when we weren't on video together and we were we had to travel to meet other people. Yeah. Um, it actually was a good time, but, uh, you know, it also solved a lot of challenges, which which is that we can do more in less time. And that's the biggest challenge is, is time. And so when you ask what is technology and humans working together, it's bringing people closer faster. 
It's not distancing them more. That's, that's key. If we think about marketing in how do I separate the human from the, uh, from the, the, um, the purchase, we're doing it wrong. We have to bring people closer in relationship. That's going to create more engagement and more engagement is the number one KPI we should be looking at, not conversion, not clicks, not anything that is outside of human engagement. Engagement's that KPI that lifts everything up. It's that all tides lift all boats. That's mm -hmm. engagement. And if we just look at engagement as the thing, we're going to get more sales. We're going to get more positivity. We're going to get more encouragement. We're going to get more lifetime raving fans. So create more engagement using technology. And then on the other hand, on the other side, then show up as a human to engage. That's what technology can do for us. So that's what the opposite of what I see a lot of companies doing. How can I automate more? How can I use AI more to replace humans? How can I use uh, bots more? How can I use the next greatest thing to do more of replacing what I am doing as a human? No, that's not right. What we want to do is include it in so it's a technology and humans working together to build more human touch points into engagement that's what's going to create more of what you want mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so human engagement is the kpi to focus on and at the same time there's this beauty of the and and i've seen it come up in your thinking in a number of ways um let's see there's i'm going to pull the notes oh the dark and delightful is is an aspect um there's the tech and the humanity um there's this and maybe it's Maybe it's just how I'm wired, but I'm, I'm such a sucker for this concept. And I'm such a believer in this concept of the genius of the and and the beauty of the and, uh, because we sort of hurdle forward with this pendulum swinging back and forth sometimes between humanity and tech or whatever the divisive argument is at the time, instead of saying like what you just said, which is, uh, no, keep the keep the human engagement at the core. How can we use this technology, which is simply a technology to um, to drive our businesses forward in profitable ways and to make more human connections? I, I just love that idea. And it, it comes back to empathy. It comes back to um, the other two pillars, um, simplicity and imperfection. So uh, maybe I've struggled with uh, perfectionism in my lifetime. So maybe the imperfect part of it uh, resonates, especially with me. But could you talk a little bit about simplicity and, and imperfection along with empathy as as the way to create that H to H, that human to human brand? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's my favorite topic. Uh, I, I, I believe that that those are the three things that make companies more human. And, and I've researched it and, and, and done a lot of work around it almost my entire career uh, and, and know without a shadow of a doubt that companies do not show up with, with uh, these things as intent with intent. Uh, they show up with things like purpose statements and mission statements and creating more, um, more around whatever their uh, product um, 
outcome and impact needs to be, or maybe just outcome. Um, what, what, what this means is that if we were to look at a human being and say, what, what attracts us to that human uh, being? What, what is the thing that I love about Steve? Um, and why do I want to hang out with Steve more? It's not because um, he has created a purpose statement that makes me want to connect more. It's not, it's not the things that companies look at and say, how do I do more of, of the things that you know, are prescript, prescripted and, and, um, and boilerplate? It's, it's actually the opposite of that. It's the human side of what makes them imperfect and what makes them empathetic and what makes them simple. Uh, most things in life are not simple. At least we make them out to be more complex than they really are. Um, so take a brand, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but what brand do you think, you've had time to think about this, but what brand do you think uh, is simple in how it it interacts, how it shows up? Yeah, I would say In-N-Out Burger and Apple. You know, uh I love when I, I think you're the only person that I've asked that has said in and out burger. And I love that example. Apple, Apple is something that comes up, but in and out burger, what a great example. I think, you know, it's funny when you're standing behind somebody in line and they get up to the front and they can't, they're, they're like, the guy says, what do you want? And they, they don't know. And I'm like, you had three choices. like how And, and like 20, you've had 20 minutes in line because it's always packed. Yeah, it's just so funny. Like you, you, like you really don't have a lot to pick from. So I mean, it, that's what a wonderful brand to pick. Simplicity there. How about empathy? What brand do you think uh, in, embraces empathy? Mm. Maybe I'm a customer service little... way they show up and support their their customer. That that's oftentimes how empathy can show up. Okay, so I think uh, there's two that come to mind for me. One is this uh, food delivery catalog I get from Zingerman's up in uh, up I think Michigan, maybe delightful humanity and customer service that you wouldn't believe. Uh, Zappos comes to mind as a shoe company that for a long time was blowing people away and blowing the competition away simply with the empathy. Mm -hmm. That's two good ones. Two great ones. Uh, what usually, what thing. usually comes up, you know, uh, there's no usual it's there's, there's a lot of interestingly, it's a lot of co uh, corporate brands, not local brands, which, which makes me a little bit sad, uh, that, that empathy comes from corporate brands. The reason that I say that is because they, you know, like you look at Amazon and Amazon allows you to return any product, which makes sure. you feel like, feel like they have empathy for you. Now, whether they do or not is another conversation, but that you, they don't argue with you most of the time, unless there's a glip in the system, but most of the time you could return anything to Amazon and they make it super easy. So you feel like, wow, they really care about me. You know, it's just the feeling of, and that's what we're talking about here. But you, you know, what's, what I think we need to strive for is that all brands have this opportunity to create more, more of that feeling 
and and think about that, uh, especially if you're a small business or you're a medium sized business. Think about what these corporate brands are doing and bring more of that into what you're doing, because that's going to mm-hmm. attract more clients. Um, now, now, how about uh, the last one, which is imperfection? Um, ironically, when th- when people screw up uh, and and when they embrace it, we love them more. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's ironic because that's what we do as humans. Like when we apologize to each other, we almost sometimes get closer together. Like it actually brings me in closer. Like we peeled the layer of the onion more, uh, same thing for brands. So what brand do you think embraces imperfection? Um, I think, I think my brand is really imperfect. It's, uh, you know, it's even something I say at the, the mental health marketing conference almost every year, which is. You don't have to be perfect to be amazing. And just to see, when I think of companies, I think of what I call the smile and the guts so that there's this external interest in in polishing and making everything shiny and bright. And then the inside is, and I've worked at, at dozens of companies, it's it's usually these this nasty kind of swirly guts inside and things regress to the mean. So, you know, the, the more we sort of try to polish the brand is one thing I'm hearing. Not that we don't want to have beautiful design and graphic design work. All of that is well and good, but to be real and to be in connection with that, um, I've seen myself stumble so many times and have it turn into something where people really appreciate the relationship and the connection and the community. Uh, Avis can't, comes to mind, uh, maybe not today, but certainly they built their brand around, you know, we're number two, we try harder. Uh, which is to say, yeah, we're not we're not the alpha dog out here. We're not perfect, but at least we got the hustle and the grind. So that one comes to mind uh, as some really amazing copywriting and, and ad work that uh, probably propelled them forward for decades. Oh, absolutely. And Avis returned my iPad to me uh, all through private messaging on Twitter. Uh, and I put a tweet out to them saying, I lost my iPad. I can't figure out how to get it back. It's sitting in the car I left. They immediately re- responded and they already knew they matched my name up and found the car and found the iPad and said, we have it and we'll ship it back to you. We just need to confirm your address. I was like, oh my God. Wow. That was like, that, that was like seeing me beyond the screen that, and, and it didn't weird me out because I had asked for it. Um, it wasn't a, uh, you know, sometimes things get a little bit weird, uh, on, on the internet when they know too much about you, but I mm-hmm. wanted my iPad back and I asked for it. So I thought that was such a great empathetic way. This is a great brand, um, you know, and, or imperfection. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you might look at, uh, also like dove uh dove celebrates the imperfection of skin uh and you've seen that in a lot of their marketing and advertising and how they embrace that especially today given everything that's going on their take on imperfection is just beautiful Uh, so there's a lot of different ways that we can celebrate it we can also see companies that are not all three like like it pushes us so far away like we we almost regress from the brand or push ourselves away from the brand because it doesn't have any one of those like it's it's okay to have one and you can you can do well it's even better with two and it's very rare very rare to have all three but it's also really bad when you don't even have one and i can point out and maybe i'll 
dis I'll upset somebody who works for Facebook by saying this, but Facebook doesn't have any one of those. You know, they're not simplistic. They're not empathetic. At least they don't show to be. And uh, they don't embrace uh, imperfection. And so uh, when they screw up, it's like, eh, and let's move on. And it really doesn't feel empathetic towards us, right? The user. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, here's what, you're, what we're going to do next. And so, you know, there's one case of many that where brands uh, don't really embrace what they are now and and over time it really hurts their brand i don't think it it uh, attracts a um a future where we see ourselves you know as a raving fan of the brand hmm. and and to your your point about avis you slipped into talking about empathy and imperfection at the same time quite naturally when they you know with sort of your opt-in permission chase down your your ipad and and brought it back to you. Um, and Facebook doesn't have that uh, sort of empathetic or even the the imperfection of it. Uh, you know, it's, it tries to always be the smooth, glossy, glassy surface. Um, and there's some customer erosion, especially in the younger demographic, you know, that are moving to, to TikTok and YouTube is actually still uh, where, where people are spending their time and finding human connection in ways with people. Um, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. And there's also a, an interesting sort of the yin yang dichotomy. There's maybe, what do you think about this? The idea that sometimes brands, as they get monolithic and corporate and, and sort of hierarchy driven, there's almost an importance to, to focus even more on what I would call hospitality, which is, uh, Sir, true service of your customers and hospitality would be defined um, by this book I'm reading, Setting the Table by Danny Meyer, who who had a restaurant group in New York as something done for you, not something, something done simply to you. Um, you know, Facebook giving me a, a profile is something to me, but how can you, as a big corporation and company, how can you find those moments of delight for your customers? Oh. Man, I, I'll tell you, I've had many and I love highlighting them and sharing them on social media. And I think that's what we do when when we have that moment of 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 truth uh, where um, where all of a sudden somebody goes above and beyond, or at least it feels like that. And you feel seen. I mean, every time, every single time what you're talking about is making somebody feel seen. That, that's mm. really the key here. So if you make somebody feel seen, you are creating a customer for life. And, uh, and that, that's the key to this. And so like, for instance, with clear C L E A R, they're a, um, uh, you know, a, a fast way of getting through the x-ray lines at airports. Um, I become a, an ambassador for them, but not, not the usual typical way. I, I became a raving fan of theirs because I, I used, I traveled to, I used to travel 200 days a year. And so they became kind of a staple for me. Um, it was just, you know, put, match them up with TSA and man, you get through lines way faster, uh, you know, doing that. And so, but clear became great because they had personality, uh, TSA, not so much. I think they could work on that. Although their Instagram profile is pretty funny. Um, follow them on Instagram and it, they do some funny stuff. So they're starting to get more human. I just want to see it now in the lines. But mm -hmm. anyway, when, when I go through clear, they have that, you see that they call you by name. They, they walk you over to the 
thing. You feel like a valet almost. Well, one day this guy like saw me all the way down. I was at the San Jose airport here about ready to go. And he like almost ran to the end of the line, grabbed my bag from me. And I'm like, okay, I got to record this. This is like, what the heck? I feel like I'm at an, a, a hotel and somebody's like, let me get that. Let me get that for you. He, he was like jumping into action and I flipped my phone on and I'm recording it because he's taking my bag all the way down the line. He's like, Mr. Kramer, it's so good to see you. Oh, oh, Mr. Kramer, let's get you going. And he's like, let's, I already got it queued up for you. I saw you down there. Let's get this going. We're going to get you through as fast as possible. And then all of a sudden he gets me through and he says, have a great day. I already talked to the guy over there. He's going to get you through even faster. And I'm like, Oh my God. So, um, so I just felt like, like beyond scene. And, um, and so I just posted the video. I'm like this, if this is clear, I'm a fan and that's all I posted. And the thing went viral. Like people just started like, yes, I have that same thing with clear, like everyone else in the world is having the same thing, not just me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I see him two months or three months later in Las Vegas, and he's there, he does the same exact thing. And he says, Mr. Kramer, and then he stops and he turns around and he says, I wanna give you a hug. I'm like, okay, and he gives me a hug and he says, because of that video and because of that time, I'm now a manager and they have me training and traveling all over clear to make sure that everyone knows that being seen and helping humans the way that we do here at clear is gonna make a difference. And I'm like, this company is awesome. The fact that they saw that and they actually instill that in the company and have have him hire other people and, and train them on how to be more human. Oh, human uh, company for life. Mm -hmm. There's so much amazing stuff there. That gave me chills, that story. Uh, I, th I think I would start by the idea of being seen as a phrase that we use a lot of times uh, going to talk therapy, you know, I'm going to go see my therapist. Well, what are they doing? They're being seen by their therapist and not in a, not in a medical way, in a human way where it's one of the things we just crave. And it's one of the epidemics of our time conversely is loneliness. And so for you to, and I think we'll maybe talk about this next because it's so fluid is the viral ideas and and you've had things that look like it, they were moving slowly and then all at once um but to to get back to this idea of you you making a video and throwing that pebble in the water and watching the ripples and not even really you know being directive about what happened next i mean you sort of just open-handed maybe even just posted it and went on with your life but it changed that person's life and it probably changed the company's trajectory in some ways uh, because 99 people would have that experience and appreciate that experience, love that experience, but not say anything about it. And for you to mm -hmm. see him seeing you, I mean, that's like a namaste moment where, you know, it, where there's, um, there's just compounded benefits for everyone. So I don't know where I'm going with that point, except that it's it's just chilling in the best way possible about what we can do as humans and brands to to treat each other with respect. And, and even though there's not a direct ROI, maybe 
attached to it that we could forecast, it's certainly there to be a human and to see where that goes for the net positive in our life. I, I, I just want to put an exclamation point on what you just said, that uh, it really does make a difference. And uh, we don't have to do something because there's an outcome. We can just do it because it's it's uh, helping uh, the other person and uh, and just show up like it's the reason that you told me when we got on here that you're doing this podcast because you absolutely love it. And yet you don't know where where it's going to head yet. I hopefully I'm not uh, being too transparent, but, um, you know, where it's going and what what's going to happen. And yet you just love connecting with other humans and the conversations that you're having. And to me, that's exactly what we're talking about here. That's what Hmm. we're talking about. If companies took that on. That same mentality of not knowing, but doing it for the sake of human connection, that there would be more of what they wanted, which is impact. We all want impact. I mean, we are on this earth for impact. We want an impact of some kind. What that impact is, we don't know, we don't quite know, but we do want impact, whether we want it on our family, we want it on our friends, we want it on our work. We want to impact others. And that's, that's why we're here. And we, sometimes we have to look up to the sky, to your sky or to your universe or to whoever that is to help you with that impact, uh, wh- whatever your, your, your sky or, or universe looks like. But w- when we look at that and we take it in and go, okay, how am I going to create more impact? Well, do it out of love. You just said, do it out of empathy. Do it out of simplicity and do it with imperfection. And you're going to show up and it's going to happen. Yeah. And, and we can't possibly forecast the, the good outcomes that are possible because it's hard for us to imagine big numbers and to how compounding the magic of compounding even works. So when I, when I came back from a, a silent retreat with this forward message of help people in need and not knowing what to do with it, it started with filling up people's cars with gas and instead of passing by. And then it led me into my own talk therapy work where I I looked inside and woke up as Jung puts it. And then how could have I forecasted that I would be running and owning a conference related to this giant idea of mental health, not just awareness, which is we're kind of at a critical, I mean, we're, we're at, kind of peak mental health awareness everybody's aware but what about what about engagement to your point you know that's where i want to take things engagement and personal agency what are you doing for yourself what am i doing for myself and i only do that i only am passionate about that message because i saw how it changed my life and those concentric circles in the pond are now way beyond my reach and and then it becomes about caring for the collective and the idea of that we can serve other people. You know, you, you compared that person at clear to a a hotel valet and what a hospitable approach. I mean, they are the hospitality industry. So what an interesting comparison uh, as a way to not just care for people, but solve their problems or help them see the solution or a solution in their life. And, I mean, that's phenomenal, Brian. That's, that is, that's why I sat and thought about our first conversation is, is observations like that. 
Mm. I, I, I'm, you see, the more I get to know you, the more I just love the heck out of you. Um, the way you, you approach things and the way you, uh, connect the dots and, and create more of this, like in your conference, um, and what your conference stands for. And, um, we need more of that in the world. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I brought an especially human imperfect approach to this conversation. That was my intention is like, Hey, learn, you know, mm. there's something here. Um, we we have a little more time. I, I do want to jump to another idea. And I, I appreciate that because I actually, I don't want to skip ahead. I, I love talking with you too. I've just really value it and, and benefit from it. So I want to reciprocate that because it's authentic. And I, I appreciate you saying that because it means a lot to me. Um, so we, we touched on this idea that, uh, you know, it's either a quote from Mark Twain or F. F Scott Fitzgerald's slowly at first and all at once, or, or from one of my favorite authors, Hemingway, uh, there's this dialogue in the sun also rises. How did you go bankrupt two ways gradually then suddenly, and that's sort of a negative, but but the logarithmic uh, benefit can be on the upside just as much as it can be sort of black swan uh, tail on the, on the downside. Um, but I mention it because you shared this uh, recently on Instagram. Success is nothing more than 1% improvement compounded daily and re compounded daily and rewarded over the long term. So with that backdrop or context, could you talk about your experience and this watershed moment you had, uh, I think during Brand Innovators, where you were giving a keynote and then suddenly mid-stage your, your life changed and what, what somebody might be able to learn from that. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, the, I'll never forget that moment because I was uh, standing on stage at um, Bloomberg, uh, Bloomberg West in San Francisco. It was a Brand Innovators event. Uh, that Bloomberg was hosting, and there were CMOs uh, and uh, inno innovation uh, people in the audience, executives in the audience, and uh, it was the right, right, uh, right audience and the right timing because social media was right, right at like at the incline. It was like just at the crux of like getting to its peak, and I had uh, been working my my tail off for the previous two years or more than that. Uh, talking to, well, I've said this before, but talking to, to anybody and everyone about this concept of human to human and what we need, when we need, we need more of it. I was doing, I was talking about that before it, be before social media became on the scene, we talked about it for the previous 10 years at our agency. And that's what our agency stood for was creating more human to human engagement. So how can we create things like creatively that's going to create more human engagement? And so it's always been something in my whole career I've been since day one, maybe even going back to when I was like, can first remember, like, I just, this is just who I am and I don't know why, but it's who I am. So when we got, I got on stage this one day and I had this slide up it, it, in the middle of the presentation, it did have almost exactly what the, the uh, cover of now what's the book, which is there's no B2B or B2C, it's HH human to human. And uh, I went to the next slide after I explained it and the MC said, wait a second, go back again. And I did, and uh, everyone was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go back, I wanna see that. And uh, everyone kind of started lifting their phones and taking pictures of it. And it went um, 
they put it on you know Instagram and Twitter and whatever the LinkedIn, whatever the the social platforms were. This was six seven years ago and um and then it went viral it like really viral like it went oh, we got over 24 million i believe uh impressions and uh and in over 15 languages of people writing in that i couldn't understand because we didn't have google translate back then um and so i had a good dear friend of mine who reached out and said this is just going nuts and you got to take this and and take all the work you've done over the last couple of years or years and get this into a book because it's something that you know needs to be answered this is everyone's having questions around what does this mean as simple as human to human actually is there's it, it it has a profound impact on companies because they were used to talking in one direction before social media they didn't have to answer to the audience this was a brand new thing so that's what changed uh, all of a sudden you could go on and say my pizza was cold and the brand couldn't do a darn thing about it other than be funny or respond or be negative uh, that was their choice and so human to human was a whole different meaning when it first came out now it's something else it's it's transpired into AI and automation and, you know, all this other stuff, it just keeps uh, turning into the next new thing, which is something I never really planned on. Um, I, I didn't think it had legs past that first two years. Uh, and, and I think it's just getting more and more relevant, even more so than it first was uh, on its own, not anything again that I've done. And so, um, so I took advantage of that time being the marketer that I was. And my wife and I uh, took everything that I wrote from the previous two years and on blogs. I blog every week. I still do. Um, in fact, I blog every day now. And so I put it into a book in four days and self-published it and became an uh, instant international bestseller, um, which put me on the road uh, – Fortunately or unfortunately, 200 days a year traveling, speaking, loving life. And at the same time, it burned me out. And that's a whole nother story. Created uh, Ted, you know, my second book a year later, which was supposed to be my first book. Uh, but HGH was my surprise baby. Uh, Shareology rolled out. And that was actually a great sister companion to the book on how sharing empowers the human economy and how we become more human by sharing. And then I broke down all the equations through how we share with each other and what to share, when to share, how to share, all that stuff. So we could talk about that another time. And then that created a TED Talk, which then also went viral. So I was just like living life and it really just – uh, just became this thing. I'm so grateful for it. And, uh, and then, and then I hit a massive burnout and that, that took me in a whole different direction, but that's how that happened to answer your question. Hmm. Wow. So you uh, wrote a book in four days. You probably wouldn't do that again. Maybe you would if you could, but, uh, what a feat do you, and you blog every day. So do you have a writing process that you that works for you. How do you get into to blogger writer mode every day? I do it um, mostly at six to seven a.m. Uh, because my mind is not clouded with uh, with judgment throughout the day of other things, and so I find that my brain is less um, clouded. And so I I have a um, 
I keep a running uh, tally in, in Trello in my one of my Trello boards, and I've got over a thousand topics. Um, every time I hear something from somewhere or I read something and I, and, or I'm just thinking something at the grocery store, it turns into a topic. And, uh, and I just go like type it in one to three words and it's, it's there. I don't know when it's going to turn back up as something I write. It just, it just needs to go somewhere. Uh, and then I write every day on Substack. Um, I started that January 1st. Um, I still blog over on my blog on my site once every uh, two weeks, and that's my um, that's my 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 passion as well because it's longer form. But my daily are just short little insights on kind of what I do on my Instagram posts. It's just how to be human, um, and it, it's every flavor of every walk of life on how to how we how we do this thing, and um, and that's what I love blogging about. So. Uh, I just pick something that hits me that morning and I will write one, I'll start by writing just one paragraph. And, and that's the, and that's the way that you do it. You only just want to write one paragraph, which turns into five. Um, and so I really only just, it just set out with the intention of one paragraph on that thing. It has five paragraphs every time. Uh, that's just what we do. It's like we start something and then it grows into more. Um, so if you just take five seconds to do something, it will be more than what you thought it would be. Uh, and so then at that point I go into, uh, AI and I create a, an image every day of whatever that thing was about. And I include the AI image using, um, diffusion B and I say it like the, the name of the image and was, this was made by diffusion B and I send it out every morning and I've picked up, uh, I haven't marketed it. This is actually the first time I I'm ever talking about it. Um, actually I, I, I did this more for me than anyone else. I just have so much fun doing it that I just did. It's like your podcast. So that's how I started it. And that's, that's how I write. I do the same thing with my blog writing. I do the same thing. I write for Fast Company and, and Inc. and Forbes. And it all starts with just write one paragraph and, mm -hmm. and just just do that. And and then from there, it grows into an article. That's that's great. Um, and then there's a book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, that talks about the writing process. And, and that talk about just following... Uh, Following an exercise of just, so you wake up at six and seven, your head is clear. I wake up at six or seven and my head is full. And so the writing process empties it in this stream of consciousness exercise. And for a good year, I just tried to write. It was either a time frame, 30 minutes of simply writing, or it got to sometimes a word count if I was doing it like on my laptop or something. But oftentimes it was, it was literal pen to paper. And then all of a sudden, one day, boom, it turns into an eight line poem. And it's and and then every day becomes an eight line poem, partly because I'm curious about what this new path is and how it showed up, but it it suddenly transformed. And then it transformed into a 32 line poem every day, just a full page. And then all of a sudden these ideas come out around uh, a video and podcasting and things like that. So they they are evolutions uh, and are just continuing to follow the thread. Um, I would love to play around more with the AI image stuff. I'm always fascinated by that. I've noted Diffusion B. I'm going to play around with that later. But yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you know, what stuck out for me is the, the, the cloudiness of the morning. 
and um, for you. And, um, and, and I used to have that too. And I realized that my thoughts were creating a, cha a challenge for me to be creative because I was uh, developing uh, noise or uh, chatter in my head. And I think we all face that. Um, I, I, I pick it up more and more over the day. So I know that for me and everyone's different. Uh, the thing that, that really cleared it up more, not that it's gone, but that it cleared it up more is being an observer of your thoughts. Um, and, and, and it's interesting because we look at meditation and we think meditate, like just to, just to give an example, meditation is I used to think that it was just calming your mind and, and getting it down to maybe one thoughts instead of like bouncing around to everything. And I was so wrong. Uh, it is not just about calming your mind. The, the, uh, the idea, the Buddhist idea of actually creating, uh, a, uh, a mind, um, and getting to, uh, getting to that aha moment, getting to that place where you really get like almost that, that buzz going without drugs, just, just a buzz in your head and that, that warm feeling where you just want to be creative and you, you're like, wow, okay, I got this. And, and everybody's experienced that once or twice, at least in their lives where they're like in flow. And that flow is from observing your mind. And it sounds so uh, like what you want me to be schizophrenic. No, I want you to actually acknowledge the thought that you're having and then watch the thought as it's happening. So acknowledge it and don't stop the thought. Let the thought go on and on and on and let it be creative with itself. If it's a bad thought, let it be a bad thought. If it's a uh, I'm, I'm having a bad day. L give yourself that thought, but observe that and see yourself having it. And what changes over time is you start to become more aware and your awareness shows up as clarity and clarity shows up as creativity and creativity gives you back everything that you're wanting more of. Awareness, clarity, creativity, sort of inflow as you observe more and more. All right. I don't know. I think that's, I think that's where we stop today. I think that's <laughs> something I need to spend some time with after this. Um, that's amazing. Thank you, Brian. Um, could keep talking with you. Would love to have Courtney on sometime. Would love to have you on again talk shareology. Um, but I'm so grateful, uh, to, to know you and get to know you better, have you on this show, of course. And I look forward to how our paths cross in the future. And, um, and I'm thankful for what you've taught me today. It is an absolute honor to be here with you, Steve. You, uh, I feel like we've known each other for for more than 20 years. I don't know why that is. It's just, uh, it's just who you are. I think you probably do that with others as well. At least I'm grateful to be here with you and feel that. So thank you as well. Awesome. Well, to everybody out there, thank you for listening. Um, check out Shareology, check out H to H, uh, the book human to human and, um, Brian You can find Brian Kramer, uh, 
one on Instagram, lots of places on LinkedIn. Um, so with that, we'll wrap up and, uh, thanks again and have a good one.